Good morning, Parish Orphans and Retrogrades. Happy Monday morning. At the beginning of the week, I bring to you today a little bit of a strange breaking story. In fact, it's quite strange. What happened? An envelope with three bullets addressed to Pope Francis, Francis is intercepted at an Italian post office. And the letter itself, we don't know exactly what it says, but it makes mention of the ongoing Vatican financial trial, the, the trial over the financial scandal that we don't get much of a peek at ever. We don't know exactly what constitutes the substance of this trial. Nevertheless, it is a little bit of a spooky story, and I think it insinuates quite a lot. As reported by Catholic News Agency, there was an envelope addressed to Pope Francis, and it contained three bullets. It was intercepted in Milan late on Sunday night, according to Italian media reports. Now, this sounds more like a Southern Italian-style message, right? If, if my, my Paisani, you know what I'm talking about. This is a Northern Italian post office, which intercepted it. That's Milan. Sounds more southerly. The piece of mail CNA went on to further report, which had no return address, shocker, but carried a French stamp, was addressed to the Pope, the Vatican City, and St. Peter's Square in Rome. The Italian newspaper Corriere della Sera reported. I'll get to this in a second. I want to explore what connections might be there regarding the financial scandal trial that's going on right now. First, I want to remind all of you guys out there a couple things. One, I always do this plug for real estate for life. Get out of your your blue state, get to a red state, go to realestateforlife.org and some good pro-life person, probably a Catholic, will help you to make that large headache a smaller one. Also, pull your kids out of the Catholic schools, folks. You can't trust most of the bishops here, the USCCB bishops. And the best way that we can send this message is by pulling kids out of the parochial schools. Now, you don't send them to public school. You homeschool them. And if you've got one foot over the, the, the curb and one foot on the other side, then you need a little prompting. Go to timothyjgordon.com and click Enroll. Because we are launching in just a couple weeks, September, a special program for homeschoolers where we'll cover classes for you that you most dread, like Latin and algebra, church history, things like that. Lots of courses. Go to timothyjgordon.com and click enroll. Also, click on the like button, the share button, the subscribe button, and the notification bell. Please do that now. We're getting a lot of reports from people that watch the show and they say, oh, haha, I never even subscribed to you. I do the same thing with my favorite NBA history uh, channels on YouTube, and I, I've been trying to be better about subscribing to them. So if you like this content, subscribe. Also, if you like this content, buy the forthcoming book on Sophia Institute Press, which is called The Case for Patriarchy. It's the most counter-revolutionary book of 2021 easily. And one final and probably best way to support this channel is to do so at Patreon. My Patreon page, Timothy J. Gordon, is the best way to let me know that you understand the attacks that come to people like me. There are other good content producers out there in the Catholic world, the conservative world, 
support the ones that you like the best and you find their content the most illuminating. Do that at patreon.com. Thank you. Okay. Now, <laughs> what, a, what an odd world. And we, we find, we wake up on Monday and we find that the Vatican had intercepted together with other Italian authorities had intercepted a letter with three nine millimeter bullets and this strange message vaguely referencing the Vatican financial scandal and the trial that's going on. Who, who knows what to make of this? Is this a crazy person? And we're just record, we're reporting on it and it's getting far too much traction? Maybe, but I don't think so. The newspaper Corriere della Sera said that the envelope containing the three pieces of nine millimeter ammo, we don't know if it's shell casings or the casings with the bullets in it, um, is the kind used in a, uh, a Flaubert gun. And it did, here's the interesting part, contain a message referring to financial operations in the Vatican. Now, this is vague, but this is all that we're getting from the stories that, that, that ran with this lead. So all we got literally is this line, a message referring to financial operations in the Vatican. I'd love to see what that message comprised. It's no surprise, it's no coincidence that this took place a week and a half after the, oh, two weeks really, after the trial began, which involves Cardinal Betchu. We'll talk some about that in one second. I'll give you a little review on what that trial entails. What happened with the interception of this odd envelope with the, I guess, vaguely threatening message for Pope Francis, it was just addressed the Pope, Vatican City, St. Peter's Square in Rome. What happened is the, the manager of an Italian post office branch in the town of Peschiera Borromeo, uh, about seven miles southeast of Milan, alerted authorities when he found the suspicious piece of mail during sorting on the night of August 8th. According to reports, local law enforcement have seized the note and are investigating its origins. So the, the, the lead within this lead is, of course, its connection to the ongoing scandal of Vatican finances. Think about the trail of breadcrumbs here. I want you guys to zoom out now by 10 years, zoom out by 100,000 feet and take a super broad view of this thing. Think about the VatiLeaks scandal, the two famous binders in, in reference to Pope Benedict XVI, the financial scandal that some have claimed prompted the early retirement of Pope Benedict XVI. The, the, remember back three years ago, I was told by some Catholic reporters who I trust that there are basically two stories about these two uh, financial report binders. One was that it was pretty standard corruption uh, stuff involving gay male prostitutes unfortunately that's standard in the vatican now and drugs and and you know financial malfeasance another one but the the other iteration of the story that had it appeared multiple times is that it was jaw-dropping stuff insinuating 
way, 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 way worse iterations of the, um, you know, sexual and financial malfeasance up to and including what sounded to me like, uh, you know, black masses and who, who knows where you go from there. I, I forget exactly what language the financial scandal insinuated that the Vatican was involved with, but it was really, really bad. The second iteration of what, what did these two binders that Pope Francis had had commissioned uh, look like? Really, really bad stuff. So one was bad, the other was really bad. And we've kind of forgotten about it, haven't we? Parish orphans, retrogrades. We can't because shortly after the onset of the Francis pontificate, we had the entire debacle of the Cardinal Pell involvement where he was going to investigate. And then he seems, according to some, to have been pulled off the investigation by a kangaroo court in Australia with the, the I guess, it ostensibly appears false allegations of uh, pederasty. And he's been kind of quiet ever since. They kind of took him out of commission. So someone is covering their financial ribs for the Vatican. And we never really get to the bottom of the story. It's kind of, it's floating in the ether there. Everyone knows there's this multi, multi, multi-billion dollar Vatican financial scandal. And there are ongoing court cases, but we can't get to the bottom of it. Well, Okay, starting with day one of the Vatican financial trial that began about two weeks ago, here's what we learned. The, the pillar reports the following. Cardinal An uh, Angelo Becciu, the highest profile defendant in the case, the cardinal, told reporters that he is serene about the proceedings and confident that he will be exonerated on the charges of embezzlement and abuse of office. Why this matters, according to the pillar, because the trial is the first of its kind in the modern era. Now, it doesn't mean that it's the first time that a trial such as this is needed to come to pass. No, 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 my friends. At, at least the end of the Benedict XVI era, eight, nine, ten years ago, we needed a trial such as this. And, and actually, Archbishop Vigano, familiar to you on, on in wholly other terms, was involved at some level, not, not, not in the malfeasance, but in the investigation, Vatty leaks. We've talked a lot about Pope Benedict XVI's butler and his involvement in Vatty leaks, the, the, the hallowed, much discussed two binders. And then of course, Cardinal Pell. So it's, it's difficult to make heads or tails of all this stuff because we simply can't get the info. Now, this is the first trial that's really come to pass on it, and it shouldn't be the first. It, this should have been dealt with uh, a decade ago. But nevertheless, it's the first for a, a first time a cardinal will go on trial for Vatican financial crimes since like the 1700s. There hasn't been a cardinal involved as a defendant in a financial scandal trial since the 1700s. The trial comes after years of reporting on financial scandals. The, the constellation of facts that I'm referring to here are, are what constitutes the years of reporting 
on those financial scandals. And it's widely seen as an immediate test for the raft of financial reforms issued by Pope Francis this year. Through the Athena Global Opportunities Fund created by uh, Raffaele Mincioni as a vehicle for Vatican investment, the businessman invested millions of Vatican funds into his own companies and speculative investment projects, including the London building at 60 Sloan Avenue, which he owned through a series of net nesting holding companies in the Channel Islands. In June 2018, Michioni also invested 10 million euros of Vatican funds in Sierra One SPV, a bond product packaged and sold by Sunset Enterprise Limited, a company then under the control of Gianluigi Torzi. The Sierra One bond included debt products issued by a company linked to organized crime. Again, we're thinking more Southern Italy rather than Northern Italy, where that mystery envelope came from with the three nine millimeter bullets. Torzi, in turn, used his companies to lend Mincioni tens of millions of euros during the same period. This stuff is quite boring to get through the uh, details of financial scandals. But the fact of the matter is we have to get to the bottom of it because it implicates Many, a, a wider Vatican apparatus or could implicate a wider Vatican apparatus than just individual bad actors within the Vatican. Um, this tribunal, which started two weeks ago, uh, of the Vatican City convened in a specially constructive courtroom on Tuesday morning, 13 days ago, for the opening of the trial of 10 defendants facing charges of embezzlement, fraud, abuse of office, and uh, numerous others. The trial is the denouement of a sprawling two-year investigation by prosecutors into the financial affairs of the Secretariat of State, the most powerful curial department of the Vatican. Of the 10 defendants, only the two clerics facing charges, Cardinal Becciu and Monsignor Mauro Carlino, appeared in person. The others... Seven laymen and one woman were represented by lawyers, with the judges acknowledging that John Luigi Torzi, the broker at the center of the London property deal, which triggered the initial investigation, remained in London pending an extradition request lodged by an Italian court earlier this year. Betchu, Cardinal Betchu, was ordered to resign his position as prefect of the Congregation of the Causes of Saints in September 2020. This is nearly a year old. This, this particular aspect of the story, after the Pope was reportedly presented with evidence of embezzlement by the Cardinal. Before taking that role, Betchu served for years as Sostituto at the Secretariat of State, acting in that role as a kind of de facto Papal Chief of Staff. For his part, Monsignor Carlino, the other cleric involved as one of the 10 defendants, also worked in the Secretariat of State's General Affairs Office and was for a time a director of the UK company through which the Vatican controls the London building at the heart of the current scandal, which is interesting. He also for years worked closely with Cardinal Becciu and Monsignor Alberto Perlasca, who has not been charged and instead has emerged as the prosecution's star cooperating witness. Perlasca, the guy who has not been charged the star cooperating witness, his evidence appears crucial to the prosecution case. Perlaska served as head of the administrative office of the Secretariat of State for a decade before he was transferred to the Apostolic Signatura, the Vatican's supreme canonical court. It used to be headed by 
the Grand Inquisitor himself, Cardinal Burke, and made substitute promoter of uh, justice, deputy chief prosecutor. In February 2020, Perlaska's home and office were raided by Vatican police over his work on the London property deal, and he was suspended from his role at the Signatura. In a surprising turn, Vatican prosecutor Alessandro Didi told the court that Perlaska had, in effect, never been formally interrogated as a suspect, and his cooperation was purely voluntary. And since the sessions were recorded, they presented no evidentiary problems. Diddy also confirmed that the Pope had intervened personally to authorize various stages of the investigation, including the issuing of arrest warrants and authorizing the wiretapping of computers. So where does this leave us? Well, here's where it leaves us, parish orphans and retrogrades. There's an ongoing trial, which makes at least two clerics look quite bad, but this is why we, we don't hold trials in uh, public opinion, rightly speaking, not ones that bind the defendants to any kind of punishment anyway. So we'll see how this develops. But the point is, in terms of the global stage that Francis centers now, he's really center stage of the globalists. The Vatican, which is the apparatus, which is not just spiritual, which is what we really care about. It's also a, a, a state apparatus and a geopolitical apparatus has got itself involved in some heady waters, some heady tonics. It is very well off and much money is at stake. And these financial scandals, whether or not they're connected over the last 10 years, remind us just how much skin is in the game, financially speaking, lots, and how much the bad guys stand to lose. And now, of course, when we see dollars and cents, high price tags, it makes us all think of the, the, the worldly corporeal temptations and connections that the Vatican has cozied up near and amongst and has assimilated a, life, a s- corporate lifestyle for all of its members that simply doesn't seem to square with the spiritual mission of the church and the clerics. And it reminds us that these guys are corrupt. And more than that, it reminds us of why the stakes in the game are so high. They have so much earthly to lose. I hate to sound like some you know, critic of the medieval church, which did so much more good than the, the current church is doing. And everyone loves to exaggerate upon the excesses of the medieval church, but there were excesses there. There are far more here, and there's far less redeeming good being offered by these churchmen, all the way up to Francis, the Pope. Think of what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, three weeks, with the motu proprio. We're all saying, God save the Latin Mass, which is, a, I think, a mug we were uh we're printing up and and getting to you guys if you want it. God save the Latin mass. You know, God save the church. Well, now we're saying these things from its highest ministers and magisters. God save the church from these money and corruption. And I'm afraid to say, you know, sex addled clerics who seem to be running the show. Now, you have a trial to figure out which one's which. It doesn't do to just say, oh, well, all these guys are corrupt and, and uh, 
in over their heads. We have to find out which ones. And that's why this ongoing trial is worth keeping an eye on. It bears watching. That's what we're going to do here on Rules for Retrogrades. It's not the most fascinating aspect of the corruption in the church, the infiltration in the church. It's sort of the nitty gritty, but it needs to be tended to as well. Whenever you see those financial figures, you're reminded starkly of that point. Okay, so God bless you all. It's a, a weird way to start out the week. An envelope with three nine millimeter bullets or shell casings uh, that were destined to go to the Pope, St. Peter's Square in Vatican City. Stark reminder seems like a southerly Italian reminder, but it came from northern Italy. Let's be chastened by this fact and keep our eyes on the developing story as the weeks go on. God bless you guys. Deus Volt.